The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit mikesarchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. So, you know, I'll go back and forth on our intro. I, I like some days I think I should do one that's like, hey, welcome to Redneck Tech Podcast. This is what we're going to talk about. But also like to leave it a little bit ambiguous. Well, you know, your topics tend to be all over the place. Yes, exactly. So we are here at the NWTF. I got Brian Dickus from Mike Sarcher here. We're doing an early podcast before this place gets rolling, and it has been rolling already. Yes. So that's why it's quiet in the background. We're still here, but we snuck in before everybody else could. So because... You actually have to work here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the uh, non-perks of the job. Non-perks of the job. <laughs> yeah, so um, we got here yesterday. We did three or four podcasts yesterday. And we've all been keeping them like 15 minutes to 30 minutes. Just try and do Short as many on. as we can because if we sit here and talk to an hour for everybody, we'll, uh, never, yeah. we'll never get to walk around. Who all did you do yesterday? Uh, so we did Fred Bird from NWTF, Joey Dombrowski, do you know Joey? I don't think oh, so. He's a cool story. I'll tell you in a second. And then uh, Robbie from Blood Origins. So um, cool. all three of them were really good. So funny thing about Joey. So he's from Ohio. He knows he knows of you guys. I don't know if y'all know him, but he is a guy. When we got screwed by that outfitter years ago, we reached out to him on Facebook trying to find a place to hunt. And he's the guy that we met at a Gander Mountain at four o'clock in the morning to go hunt his place. <laughs> Didn't know this kid from Adam. He's nineteen years old, and now he like. Wanted to get into filming, came to one of my classes years and years ago, and now he's been working full time for small town hunting for over two years now as their producer. Very cool. Yeah, so Very he's cool. spending lots of time in the seat, well, filming we, hunts, and uh, really enjoying it. If we didn't all have an outfitter story where we got screwed somewhere, well, dude, that one in Ohio <laughs> takes the cake. And one of these days, I'm gonna not care anymore, and I'm gonna name names. But like, I'm trying to be as you gotta not, be nice. Yeah, nice Christian, like make my mama happy. But yeah, that guy was a complete idiot. So, I don't. I've, you've told me this, but I need you to tell me again. How many years have you been doing this show and some others? The NWTF show. Yeah. I was thinking about it yesterday because somebody else asked me, and I was like, I should probably figure that up because Caleb's probably going to ask me on the podcast. <laughs> First <tomorrow>. question. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Too so many I, to count. So I put some thought into it, and best guess because it's somewhat of a guess since I was twelve years old. Holy crap! I, I think that's. A random, pretty good guess. And how old are you now? 45. Dang, man. That's some dedication. I'm thinking 32 years. The only year I know that I missed as an adult was one year when they went to Atlanta. Oh, yeah. No no, no offense to the boys down in Atlanta and Georgia. um, No, I feel you on that. I did not go to Atlanta one year when when it used to move around because I've been to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. I went to Columbus, obviously, many, many years ago in Nashville. I've only ever known it in Nashville. I've never known it anywhere else. Yeah, he went to Atlanta. used to go to Charlotte. I think I went to Charlotte two or three times. Mm -hmm. Columbus once. Atlanta at least once or twice. Well, 
Here's another good question. Since you've been here, you're the triple OG when it comes to the NWTF. Dude, it's getting crazy, crazy busy. Are, they're going to grow out of this space. Oh, they've already opened up another hall. So there's a third room across the way. I don't know if you've been over there. Uh-uh, they, moved all the, they moved all the call making and well, so some other you, vendors. Have you ever done the Western room. Hunt Expo? I have not. So I went the it's first. A long way from the house. It is a long way. I went for the first time this year. I needed to go talk to a client of mine and, and see some buddies. And I've always heard it's a really great show. Yeah, but it usually, Salt Lake, right? yeah, it usually falls during one of the other shows. But this year it didn't. So I, I went out there. It overlaps Harrisburg, I think. It does overlap like Harrisburg, which I don't ever want to go to that show yeah, again. Yeah, I get requests every year, and you can't pay me no. money to come to Harrisburg. No, no, I mean, no, no, no. Not, was it nine days in Harrisburg or something? Ten, yeah. <sighs> ten yeah, days, don't yeah. get me stumbled. Plus, you got set up and tear down. I mean, it's like yeah. I ain't got enough of my life to yeah, get away from it. It's almost two weeks of your life gone. Yeah. But anyway, I uh, I was walking around the Western Hunt Expo. And this got a very similar vibe to this show. It's a consumer show. Right. There's lots of people. It's very much, obviously, Western-based, and it's all elk hunting and mule deer hunting and, and Western stuff, where this one's much more geared to whitetails and turkeys, obviously. But <coughs> it was very similar to this one in terms of, like, the number of vendors, but it was in a much bigger building with more room between the aisles. And I'm like, if they could do that here, that would be a game changer. Just open it up. T- today and tomorrow, you won't be able to walk through some of the, the aisles. Oh, no, you won't. I remember we, we I was sitting right here yesterday when they opened the doors at 11, and it was 20 solid minutes of people, people filing in. Yep. As, I mean, it, yesterday it, was one of the busier days I've seen, especially for a Thursday. On a Thursday. Those people had to take off work. Yeah. Most of them had to take off work. When they moved it to a Thursday, Friday, Saturday show, I was not in favor of it because it used to be Friday, Saturday, yeah, Sunday yeah. for – a long, long time, mm-hmm. and I still think that's a better choice. But I'm not the guy who makes that decision. Mine, that's so. got to make decisions. Yeah, same so. here. I'm just lowly attendee. Yeah, uh, I'm, this just a, is actually, I'm just a lowly guy who spends a lot of money. On oh, books. I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's not a question I'm going to ask you. But I know that's that's a high number too. So you've been coming here since 12. So how's how has obviously you know you've been in the industry since you were born, pretty much. Pretty much. You know, with your dad, Mike's archery. Um, how has not only the the trade show and kind of what you guys do and operate, but how has how is the social media and the content? Because I know you guys at Mike's are oh, really hitting that, that hard. Yeah. Like, what is has that thrown fuel on the fire, or has that made it tougher? You know, in terms of sales and, and the marketing products in your company, like, was it better off in the heyday when it was just print <laughs> media and some TV, or now that we've got ninety seven thousand options for media? I mean, obviously the world keeps changing when it comes oh, to all gosh. the media and advertising and how yeah. we get information to the customer to make them spend money with me or whoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, watching it change, I mean, I think it has definitely, it's done both. Mm-hmm. It, it has made it most definitely tougher because competition is harder than ever. Yeah. To get your, your face out there, to be known, to be seen, mm-hmm. is harder to get it in front of somebody, I think, these days. Consistently. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, maybe for the big manufacturers that have a huge marketing budget and just throw money at it, yeah, that's probably, you know, still difficult. You just got to throw more money at it and where. Well, I feel like Instagram and Facebook now is like, you've been to Vegas. You no, know, I haven't actually. You've never been to Vegas? No. Okay, well, you've seen videos and, and movies from Vegas. It's like right. you go outside or inside, 
in the casinos or outside is like everything's an advertisement. Spend money here. Spend money here. Right. Eat here. Spend money here. Come to this casino. Come to this show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like scrolling through Facebook and Instagram, like it's not far off. It's the yeah, it's, it's just this, an ad. Every, it, yeah, every yeah. other thing you see is not your buddies and your friends. And what mm-hmm. you want to see, it's somebody. And there's to that little probably. button that's like see less of this. I'm like yes, see less of this. <laughs> Even though I know you're not going to make me see less of this, I want to see less of yeah. this. Yeah, you touched on it. So now we'll show you more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. It's like I know you saw this, and so now you're screwed. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so I mean, yeah, it's made that more difficult from from that standpoint for sure. Um, but at the same time, it's made it a little easier for the smaller guy to at least get seen. Mm-hmm. You know, the years, you know, thirty, forty years ago when we were doing this, and Grant, you show up at one of these shows, and it obviously wasn't this big. Mm-hmm. Um, it was still big, but it wasn't this big. And I'm sitting there with a ten foot booth. It was all about placement and being in the right place, and. We always had a good working relationship with Hunter Specialties and still do, uh, even though they're owned by GSM and it's all one big conglomerate. Now I'm still, you know, GSM just that. bought somebody else. Who'd they just buy? Stick out and keep track anymore. Oh, I, yeah, I know. That's, but I figured if anybody knew you, I saw them post something or somebody like some something acquired by GSM, and I'm like, well, they've been huh. grabbing up fishing stuff here lately too. So oh, it gosh. may have been stuff I didn't pay attention to because they oh, bought yeah. like Yamamoto baits. And oh, gotcha. Bill Williams baits. We don't mess with that fishing stuff yet either. <sighs> it's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but they just keep growing and keep getting bigger, and fortunately, I've been able to ride on their coattails for a little bit because, you know, we got great placement and they do too, and it's a good partnership for all of us. And, well, here's a question that, you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, actively trying to grow a business. You've been growing a business for years and years. What do you think is, like, I, I essentially, when I'm trying to look at how we're going to operate, how we're going to grow, it's like I feel like I've got to do everything everybody else does at least as well as they do, but there's got to be one or two things I do better than everybody else. What are some things at Mike's Archer you feel like you do better than anybody else? I would say relationships has been the biggest key oh, well, gosh, yeah. to our success. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, I mean, we're nobody really special, in my opinion. We're just grinding it out, mm-hmm. out there, and we've been doing it a long time. And the biggest thing that has come to my door to make the business grow has been the connections. It's mm-hmm. been the people that I've known in the industry, got to know in the industry. You know, when just for example, I mean, we're I'm over there in the booth yesterday, and uh, I didn't expect this, but Hoyt's here. Mm-hmm. A couple of the top execs from Hoyt are here, uh, just walking the floor. And they come walking in the booth, and they're like, we saw Mike's Archery on the thing. We couldn't figure out if it was you or somebody else because this is a long way from where you're at, and there's no Mike's Archery close to here. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we wanted to come talk to you because you got a presence at this show, and we're we're looking at what we're going to do in the future, mm-hmm. you know, whether we should be here or not. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So I'm like, so that relationship of people I knew at Hoyt – to automatically be able to be like, oh, this is the only archery place, and that's a name that rings a bell because we've been a Hoyt dealer since Earl and Ann Hoyt and long before Easton and those other guys owned it. Mm-hmm. You know, Dad used to deal with Earl and Ann Hoyt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> buying, direct. Buying, yeah, buying recurves. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so having those relationships over the years are like, you know, they just want to pick my brain and get a feel for this. Mm-hmm. You know, when you walk into this show and – Every, I mean, I'm standing in the aisle talking to Ray I. I don't know if you know Ray I or not. Mm-mm. Coming in this morning, one of the original turkey guys. Yeah. A, one of the turkey thugs. Yeah. Um, you know, I got Paul Butsky in my booth all, mm-hmm. all week over there with GSM. I've got, I've known Matt Moret forever from Hunter Special. I got Alex Rutledge in the booth yeah. this week. Um, through relationships, I got Bruce Mitchell hanging out in the booth from Alex, from 
uh, swamp people mm -hmm. hanging out in the booth all week. So having those names that are much bigger than I'll ever be, mm -hmm. uh, especially in this industry and whatnot, but then just the, the behind-the-scenes relationships that we've had with manufacturers, marketing teams, you know, presidents and CEOs of companies. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we handle things a little differently, I guess, at Mike's Archery. Uh, and I, One of those examples, Easton came in to see us. We've been an Easton distributor since 1980, I think, something like that. So they fly in last year just to hang out, and basically they want to give me the sales presentation and you know, we got to make a plan for the next year and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, of course, Dad walks in the office, and he's like, what the heck's going on, you know? <laughs> yeah. So instead of sitting in my office and talking about arrows that, frankly, are just another tube that we've seen, and they come in these spines, that's great. We'll write the orders. Wonderful. We jump in the truck, drive out to the farm, go show them the lake, go show them the cabin, mm -hmm. drive around, show them our deer hunting spots. Maybe a few hunting stories in between. A whole bunch of hunting <laughs> stories and lies in between the yep. stuff we've done out there, yep. you know, putting in lakes, putting in food plots. Mm -hmm. and, and so we spent the day doing that, took them to a little tiny uh, uh, gas station out there that serves really good hamburgers, mm -hmm. and, you know, sit around talking about business there yeah. while we eat a burger in the middle of the country. Much better than sitting in your office. Much better. <laughs> we come back and they're like, this is the greatest sales meeting we have yeah. ever been on. Yeah. Like we will, we want to come back every year just yeah. to be, yeah. I'm like, just to hang out. You're welcome. Like, yeah. So that, but that sticks in people's minds oh, yeah. and all of a sudden it's not, well, you know, I flew into this major account here and we sat down at his desk and we wrote a million dollar PO mm -hmm. and then I left. Yeah. Then I went home. That's not a relationship. Yeah. No. But they'll talk about that for the next 10 years of, remember that time we flew out to Mike's Archery yeah. and, and walked in there and we spent an hour in the shop and the entire rest of the day in the woods? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, when you handle things that way and you take them up and show them our old Jesse James cabin yeah. from 1820s and, you know, just do stuff like that. That's a that's a better sales meeting. The, the old adage of more business is done on the golf course. I hate golf. Yeah, but we do hunt. Yeah, and that's what we're supposed to be doing here. Hundred percent, all hunting. So, but here's another thing too that I never really thought about, and I didn't really figure out until year or two in is like not only how important relationships are, but maintaining relationships is work. Oh yeah, you know, especially if you. If you're the guy that is like, okay, my business is built around these relationships, okay, and I have these hundreds of people that I know, how do I not only stay in front of them but make sure they know I'm here? Do they need anything? Can I help them with this? Can they, you know, whatever that is. And, like, I, like I'll anytime I – and this is how I do it. This is my meek and mild way of doing it. And you might have a more creative way. But what I try and do is anytime I have downtime when I'm at my office, which is rare. <laughs> I understand. I'm sitting at my computer and I have an iPhone because you, sh you should have an iPhone too if you don't. But is <coughs> I will sit down at my computer and it's linked to my iMessage and I'll just start scrolling through my iMessage like way down to the bottom. Yeah, who like, haven't I talked who, to? Who, who haven't, exactly. Who haven't I talked to? And literally we're about to do a lot of work with Regara because I was looking through one day and I'm like, I haven't talked to Dakota since turkey season. This was like two years ago. Right. And I'm like, I just want to see how he is. Not not because not, I wanted to get you, the business. I just wanted yeah, to see, like, what have you killed this year? You know, how are you yeah. doing this, that, and the other? Absolutely. And he's like, hey, what are you all doing right now? And I'm like, oh, you know, we're doing this, that, and the other. He's like, well, let's, let's talk. We should talk. I need, you, I need to introduce you to Tricia. Then he introduced me to Tricia, and then a year and a half later, you know, we're doing a, a ton of work in business with those guys just because I, 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 I'm friends with Dakota. I've hunted with Dakota. Right. And I'm like, hey, I need to check on him. Wasn't It wasn't. So much selfish business. for business, but it's like, who haven't I talked to? Who haven't I reached out to? And 
and it, which we answer so many questions on the redneck tech side, just on camera stuff. Right. That almost takes care of itself a lot of times. So I'm keeping up with people, but you know that's something that I try and do as much as often as I can. Is like, okay, who haven't I talked to? Who have I not reached out to? You know, who do I feel like I could, you know, trying to help or you know garner a relationship or. You know, what do we, you know, do we have pictures in our gallery that they could use that we're like, I'm not going to charge them for them. Like, hey, here's some pictures that we took. Right. Hey, you guys yeah. can have them, whatever. So, I don't know. That's how I've, I've kind of tried to do Fosters it. Fosters those relationships. Yeah. I think one of the other things, and I think you'll agree with me, and you've done a lot of it too, is not only the communication keeping up, but just being honest and true to your word. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, and that's not always saying yes. Yeah. A oh, gosh. Time, a lot more times it's saying no. Yeah. Is because if you can look at somebody and go, they come to you. We we need this, 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 and this. You go, I just, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Let me point you in a direction. Mm-hmm. Let me help you. Like I do know somebody I think that can. That'll gain you at least respect to where they're like, well, he didn't promise me he would, and well, then not, then then just fall on his face. But not only that, like I I know a lot of times, you know, we get asked questions, and I tell people, I'm like, you ask me anything you want. I'm an open book, and I was like, I'll I'll give you the answer, but if I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know. That's it. And it, but if I don't know, I'll try my best to figure it out. Yeah. You know, but like I, people that they'll tell you anything they want want you to hear to either get your business or to, those are worthless. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> the, well, I went to Winterstrong and there's a guy that gave a speech um at the beginning of one of the days and he's like givers and takers. And this is kind of really stuck with me. He's like I, he said our world is full of takers. He's like but this is a room full of people that are willing to give their time and their knowledge. And it's like, that's the kind of people I want to surround myself with. That's the kind of people I want to do business with. Yeah. It's people that are like, hey, oh, you need help with that? You know what? I got 10 minutes. Let's do that. Or, hey, oh, you got a question about business. I mean, me and you have talked about it sure. on the phone several times about this thing or that thing or this content thing or this business strategy or whatever. And it's like, yep. so, you know, there's a, I know a lot of people. I could tell you a few names. Like if I called them and asked them about Hey, why have you been successful doing this thing or that thing? They'd be like, "Good luck." I'm not talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Sam, just years of experience, dude. Good luck. You know that that that's about all you get out of them. Yeah, like, you know, and they're yeah. not gonna. And it's like, but here's my thing. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do a, a job in this industry. It takes <laughs> God. No, no yeah, because if it did, we'd be both be screwed. It, it's like one of those deals. Is like it just takes being able, willing to do the work, willing to fail and figure it out. Yep. And that relationship part of it. And, and hopefully I'm, you find a few people like you mentioned. Yeah. That'll be like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, do, but also do the more don't I do this, this, the you know the weirder people get. I mean, there's some weird folks out there, buddy. Uh, you got that right. Yeah. I, I had to laugh. We were talking to another. We're doing some collaborations on YouTube with some different people. And uh, we were talking to them. And <laughs> Travis, Travis is having a conversation. They said, well, we're, we're not monetized. And we're like, you have like. A hundred times more followers and, and hours of stuff mm. going. You're not. He's like, yeah, well, and there was a backstory as to why, and a little little bit of an issue, and and we're like, he's like, well, I just figured it was chump change, and I'm like, dude, what we do is chump change. Mm-hmm. Like Mike's archery turns chump change. It's mm-hmm. like pocket money. Yeah, you know, for, to go to dinner. Yeah, <laughs> you know, with your following and your mm. you you turn that on, you ought to be making. Some money, yeah, <laughs> real, real money, like real money, <laughs> yeah. But but just a little piece of advice like that when you're talking to somebody, like like you're not doing mm-hmm. what, like they're they're. I assure you, they're still running ads in your stuff, and they're still sucking the money. Oh, guarantee. <laughs> whether you're getting a, a somebody's making a, it, yeah. Whether you're getting a tenth of a penny or not. Oh, somebody's riding that coattail for sure. So, but anyway, I mean, just little pieces of stuff like that is like 
you know, if somebody will look at you and go, don't, you know, mm -hmm. do this, don't do that. So here's a question, and I know you, you'll be able to answer some of this. And I mean, obviously, oh, did you hear that just go out? It did. It did funny things. That was weird. So you and Travis have really stepped up the game on the, the YouTube side and the content side, which yes. I'm seeing more and more. It comes across my feed on either Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all the time. So that's good. What have you guys learned? What are some of the challenges with that and trying – is it – the challenge to me is just, like, keeping up with it. Yes. That, yeah. That is absolutely number one. I hate it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> number one, I am Get not – Get a YouTube channel, they said. It'll be fun, they said. God, no, nobody ever said that. Um, it's it, – I mean, the work doesn't bother me. Obviously, yeah. I've been working my brains out for years, and so the work doesn't bother mm -hmm. me. But keeping up with it, especially from the social media thing – you know, I've got, um, you know, Corey Brosman runs our Facebook and keeps posts up there, but just keep the ability to push content to him because he can't just fabricate it out of the yeah, thin air yeah. um, that has our stuff in it. And so, it's got to be timely. It's got to be relevant. It's got to be the right, yes. you know, the right, you know, All whatever the product is for the time of year, the season, the hunting season. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. And, and there's and there's plenty of time in the day to do all those things. No, there's not. Yeah. I'm still running a business as we always have, mm -hmm. and so yeah, we've we've tried to step it up, but finding time to film a quality video for YouTube, you know, we do a lot of bow reviews and gear reviews and stuff like that. To, you know, I know people look at it and go, "Oh, it's a 10-minute video. He must have took 15 minutes to do that." <laughs> I wish. <laughs> and you're like, well, in between the 17 phone calls, dude, setting I up the boards of whiteboards so I don't look Here's like a bumbling idiot. I swear <laughs> that people think it gets edited in camera. They're like, oh, so when, when's you, when are you going to be done with that? It's like, well, just let me get home and dump it. It's done when I get back. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we're not doing anything to the caliber mm -hmm. of what you're doing. In well, it's, it's, it just takes, it, it takes so much time to do it and to do it right. Even, or even half right. Yeah. And, yeah half right. You know, <laughs> it's, it's. And the, the the time it takes, the planning it takes, yes. the in between phone calls it takes. You know, it's you look at a ten minute video. What do you think you average in time from start to finish by the time that thing gets posted? So total man hours, it's got to be a minimum of two to two and a half hours. Yeah, minimum. Yeah. Now it will probably take us a week to work that two and a half hours. Yeah. As dumb as that sounds. Yeah, but here's the thing. Say say it just takes you two and a half hours for a ten minute video. Well, YouTube wants one of those. They really want one a day. But let's just say you do one a week. I, and that's what we... That's we, 10 we hours. To get that. That's 10 hours a week out of a 40-hour work week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. But that's yeah, what... I've looked back at it, and it's like, you know, if, if we didn't have to take phone calls and actually have to ship boxes and actually have to talk to customers mm -hmm. and people walking in the shop to set up their bow, and if we didn't have to do all that, if all we had to do was walk in and somebody was paying us to go, okay, let's, let's do these videos today. Mm-hmm. Then by God, we could turn out the content. Oh yeah, and, and <laughs> have time to, job. and have time to go get an hour and a half lunch and kick your feet up at the end of the yeah, day. But that ain't my job. Yeah, yeah, that's really not my job. Mm -hmm. But the consistency to keep that up is just driving us nuts. Even in this slow time of the year, it's driving us yeah. nuts because there's all the planning. I'm sitting down with reps for an entire day, you know, scheduling out orders for the entire year. And is this is this would this be your busiest time of year? No, this is headed into slowest time of year. Right into some right at the beginning of summer is your yeah, busiest. May, May and June is the slowest as it ever gets. Really? Okay. Yeah. So right now obviously we're doing shows. Yeah, yeah. So we got that turkey season got a little bit of stuff going on. I got a lot of reps coming in to the shop saying, okay, we need to sit down and you need to write your entire program for this brand. For so the what you're saying year. is Travis needs to get to work on the content side the next couple of months. <laughs> you hear that Travis? Get to work. 
Caleb no says slacking. You've been slacking. Yeah. I mean, he he's pretty happy you're he not here. He's slacking. You're not here. So yeah. Yeah, I know you're slacking. <laughs> he I I talked to him yesterday and he said it was as slow as he's ever seen it at the shop yesterday. They were just struggling to come up with things to do. They're like out in the warehouse going to move this around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, at least you're being productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finding <laughs> stuff to do. So, what's your take on the? What do you or what do you know or what could you tell us about the PSC buyout? Do you know anything about that? I know a little. I mean, I got word they were really hushed and tight-lipped on this one. Oh yeah, because uh, all the other ones throughout the fall. I didn't think it was ever going to happen. I, I really thought Pete was going to hang on to yeah. it until he died. Yeah. And I'm, how old is Pete? Eighty-three. Yeah, that sounds right. Eighty-three. Yeah. yeah. And Dad's known Pete since he started because yeah. I think he started in '71, same time we did. Yeah. And Dad used to buy. He he started out with veins. He was lived in Illinois, and uh, so Dad bought what was called Pro Fletch from him, and that was what he started with, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like we did in our basement. Yeah. And uh, so then he built it into a, a massive empire of bows. But um, so I mean, I, I talked to some folks, and I you know I heard they had a little party the other day and thanked the employees and thanked him and you know and and. I was told he cried like a baby. I oh, I can only imagine. But I can, yeah, exactly. That's like I, adopting your college age kid. I, I, I don't like. I don't yeah, know you got you, like. you grown this kid up and you know kept him and everything. It's like, yep, I gotta have to. Yeah, let if somebody get, walked let into you bar go. and said, "This Copeland Creative thing here's here's ten million dollars, Caleb. Hit yeah. the, hit the hit the bricks. I'm gonna take her out. I don't know. I don't know if I'd cry. I'd cry happy tears if that <laughs> happened. Well, that's it. There's, there's, there's a mix of emotion <laughs> yeah, there. I'd be like, I didn't see this coming, but right. I like it. I don't know. How, yeah, I don't know how many millions of dollars they handed Pete, but at yeah. the same time, he's he's got millions of dollars. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And has done very well, and I, yeah. I, I've known him for years, and he's just a great guy and an innovator in the sport. I think it's I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens because I, essentially I've got a, I got a little inside information yesterday. They're going to pour a bunch of money into marketing, mm-hmm. um, which is what PSE needed. Yeah, well, look at Matthews. Let's, let's, let's just look at Matthews. Okay, it's, it's ridiculous. Matthews, and this is what I tell people, and I'm, I'm sure you'll agree with me. Matthews is not an archery company. Matthews company. is a marketing company that sells bows. A lifestyle. Oh, yeah. A lifestyle 100%. of archery. And Hoyt is trying to get there. They're behind. And PSC you. is in third place for sure. At least. Yeah. So, they're, the one I think you leave out and most people overlook is Bear. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and I think they miss it because they aren't the high-end bow. Mm-hmm. Everybody sees that $1,200 Matthews, $1,200 yeah. Hoyt. You know, sixteen hundred dollars. Do you think that? Bow. But do you think that what makes a top tier bow is how much it costs? No. Yeah. That, but that's. I, I think. I think Bear has been laying under the radar, and I'm not saying it just because we're a huge Bear dealer. Mm-hmm. I think they've been laying under the radar for the last ten years and just eating away at the business. Yeah. And doing their thing. It's not. A, that's not a bad strategy. And going to the common guy yeah. who wants a six hundred dollar, five hundred dollar bow, mm-hmm. and making him happy and putting him in the woods and making bow hunters out of him. And what do you think? I mean, since we're specifically talking about PSC, though, what do you think they can do? This is what I want to talk to you about after I answer this question. we got, okay. like, five more minutes. But You're good. If, what do you think PSC can do to start nipping at the heels of the Matthewses? It's going to be marketing dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where it's going to be. I don't know the right way to tell them to spend it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's somebody that's smarter than my pay grade because I can't even keep up with two Facebook posts and an Instagram <laughs> post today um, <laughs> and one YouTube video. Same. So. Um, so there's there's going to be that, and, it, and they've got the engineers. I will give this to PSE of, of dealing with all the different. Main, they've got some of the best engineers in the industry to build some of the coolest products. They've got one of the nicest shooting bows. I'll, I would put it against anybody's. Not yeah, that Hoyt and Matthews. I've always been a PSE guy. I love and we PSE. sell them all, so yeah. I'm not, not yeah. overly partial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have personally shot PSE for the last few years. Mm-hmm. So they got a, a top notch quality product. 
Um, it's letting people know and convincing them that you need to at least give us a shot. Mm-hmm. And we're not the we're not the PSE of 1995 that was you know in your your WalMarts and and was a you know yeah a cheap bow yeah. I mean, they've never really had any major failures over the years. The the engineering on it's been solid for years, so it's not like they had a few years where, you know, some manufacturers had some years where it's well-known, like, oh, yeah, we had bows blowing up for those two years. Yeah. PSC's never had that issue, mm-hmm. but they were just always labeled as, I, I feel like, a lower-tier yeah. brand, but they're not yeah. anymore. Uh, in the last five to eight years, well, they have just... It takes a lot of education and marketing dollars to change the perception of a company. It does. Yeah. Especially when it's been there for 50-plus years. So here's the question I have. And I've been talking to, the, to to anybody I think would have a good opinion, and you're going to have a great opinion on this. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of go back and forth whether I want to bring more people into hunting, but I definitely want to bring more people into archery. Mm-hmm. How do you make 3D archery sexy again? How do you bring more people into buying bows to go shoot 3D tournaments? How do you create more 3D tournaments? How do you create more events? And how do you make it sexy? How do you make it like rodeo? So there's, right now, what I am seeing in the industry, there are two, if not three, major facets of, of archery from a target side. Now, throw the hunting out the, out the window. Yeah, um, Hunting is always going to be hunting. And and hopefully, if this you know culture doesn't change, we're still allowed to do it. Yeah, yeah, fifty yeah. years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that's questionable in my brain. Just watching politics and everything yeah. else, I think it's going to be a struggle and a fight for Same. us to keep our yep. rights to yep. even hunt. Yeah. But let's break it down from what you're saying. Because at the end of the day, most the average guy for hunting gets to go hunting four or five times a year. I think it, I think Bass Pro says three weekends a year is their average consumer. Yeah. So five to six days a year. Mm-hmm. And they're spending thousands of dollars to be able to go sit in the woods for six days out of the year. Yep. So, so let's throw that out the window, because where your money's at is shooting 3D, like you said, shooting target. So you got so you got 3D archery, which is your ASAs and your IBOs. You've got your other aspect of target, which is somewhat indoor, like we got, they've got Vegas going on right now. Mm-hmm. You get the Lancaster Classic. That t- so you got spot shooting. Yeah. Which for me is the least enjoyable but man there's some guys that really love it mm-hmm. um so you've got you got those two aspects of it and then you have this new aspect of it and you and i both know it's sean degray yeah tack tack yeah and so there's there's the mountain archery fest which i feel is a is kind of a spinoff of somebody trying to do a similar thing to tack yeah but but here's the thing with tack <coughs> tack is to me, tack is the, the the breath of life that it needed. I agree. But here's the, here's my here's my only issue with tack. Almost all of tack is west of the Mississippi. Correct. Seventy percent of your population lives east, east of the Mississippi. Mississippi. Yep. What do we do for those? What do we do for the major the majority of population I that think are he's trying to deer get hunting? That are over he here. he is, but there's only a certain amount of time of the year. There's right. got to be something else. Yeah. So, but that so just looking at it, so that's what I see. Is, but but what you have the problem with the ASA and IBO is it's a scoring. Set up. You want to know what it's I think? Fun. Do you know what I think? It's of, competition. You know when I and when I hear you know when I hear IS uh, or ASA yeah. and IBO. You know what my perception of that is? A bow shoot behind a chicken house with some buddies. Like that's my perception of it. And I've never been that guy to shoot that. But it, like to have me, you ever I, been to one of those? Never have. So, I mean, it's it's more structured than that. Obviously. Well, yeah, I, I knew I know it was, but, but I'm just but saying, my, like, I'm like, how do you how do you make it a 
an event like a tack event? How do you make it right. to where it's sexy for people to show up and be there well, and to shoot and spend and, money? And there's where the problem that ASA and IBO have is because it is a true straight-up competition, mm-hmm. there's, there's going to be an elite set of people mm-hmm. who are going to win. Yeah. Whoever those top 10, maybe 20 guys that have a good day. Yeah. And the rest of us are there for fun, but we're paying to have fun. Yeah. Which is understandable. But you go shoot an ASA or an IBO, at the end of the day, if I go shoot one of those, I know for a fact I'm not coming out on the top of the tier. I'm not mm-hmm. walking away. Ain't nobody paying me. It's like going to a bass fishing tournament. You know, I just showed up to throw off my $60,000 boat. Yeah. Because I'm not taking home a $100,000 check today. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just there to beat my buddy this down the road. Exactly. You know, as long as I beat him, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's some fun and enjoyment to that. But I think where they lost the luster of it is the fact that it's, you know, I can't compete. The average guy can't compete. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with Vegas. And, and granted, they have several thousand shooters. And every once in a while, there's a breakthrough guy or girl that comes through, and you're like, where they come from? Holy moly, they're a shooting machine. Yeah. We saw that last year with uh, that kid Brody. Well, and then and TAC has no competition aspect. <laughs> it's just a fun shoot. And I think that's where they're winning. Yeah. They're getting more turnout and more guys because at the end of the day, it's like, I don't care. And they've stretched it out. They've made it. You know, they've made it so difficult. You're yeah. like, I don't like, I'm just going to shoot and hope I don't hit that tree. Yeah. If <laughs> yeah. I hit foam, I am happy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Much less shooting at a 10. I'm just trying to hit the thing. Yeah. You know, we all watch John Dudley and mm. you're good friends with him. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's entertaining to watch him step back and go, we're going to shoot this bedded elk at 162 yeah. yards. Yeah. Oh, look, I 10 ringed it. Yeah. It's like, holy freak. That, yeah. is, that was freaking awesome but, to watch. But like the tack <laughs> thing is so cool because it brings together so many people to do a fun shoot in a really cool place. Yep. And then there's vendors, there's events, there's, you know, you know, pint nights, there's film festivals. There's like, it's just, it's, to me, this is the complete opposite of what an IBO and ASA shoot is. Absolutely it is. And like, we need more this of that. Is, this is very serious. Yeah. This is very just. Not serious. Not serious. Yeah. And that's good. Because anybody can go shoot attack. You um, know, anybody just pays their money and go shoot. Right. You know, but I, I just, that's a, that's a question that i I've been talking to a few people about it. It's like, I want to see the sport of archery grow. Yep. I want to see it as sexy as, say, rodeo or, say, you know, hunting. Well, I you mean, know? They, they've changed up even, I think, give kudos to Lancaster on the indoor spot side. They changed up to where it's more of a head-to-head bracket competition. Mm-hmm. Even though it's still a hardcore competition, they've tried to make it more entertaining. The Olympics tried to make it more entertaining. You know, obviously most of us aren't shooting recurves at 70 and 90 meters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I love to watch it on when the Olympics comes around because it's just archery and it's mm-hmm. cool. Um, but they tried to make it more entertaining because at the end of the day, you're still standing there watching me shoot a bow. Yeah. You know, it's, it's borderline golf. So, it's, yeah. as an entertainment to watch, it's – but they've tried to bring it towards a head-to-head competition now where, you know, you got one person on the line against another person and you're, just, you're playing knockout. Yeah. Um, and even in the team side of it. So, I mean – there's just different aspects that need to be changed up a little bit. Um, you know, Great American Games has done a great job over the years yeah. doing some pop-up I think there's, stuff. I think there's a great opportunity for a bow company to figure this out. I, I really do. I don't disagree. I mean, there's, there's got to be – and getting youth involved. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a NASP coach. Yeah. And, and that's a nice place to start. But, man, we have handicapped those kids. I, I mean, I, I enjoy taking my daughter and, and our team to NASP events and watching, watching these kids from all over the country shoot. It's amazing what they can do with the equipment that we hand them, that they can stand there and just rack up tens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't even know how you hit the wall with that ball. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's my job to teach you so you can. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the credit for that ten. <laughs> um, 
So, but I mean, we've handicapped those kids on that. I'm, I'm seeing a little bit of surge from the S3DA side, mm-hmm. which is some schools doing some 3D stuff, okay. um, which is enjoyable. Uh, I don't know what the next step is because obviously, if we don't have kids shooting, then you know, 20 years from now, we're sitting here talking to each other, going, "Remember when we could?" Yeah, bow. remember when? Yep. Um, you know, we're going well. We're shooting 50 pounds now instead of yeah. 70. Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the right answer is, but we got to breathe some life. Yeah, something different. Well, and it does nothing it. but 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 help everybody. Um, I think it's I think it's something that somebody needs to figure out. And I, there's a big opportunity, but I also know it's going to take some deep pockets to get it right. Yep. So. And part part of me says there's got to be some major collaboration and uh, putting some egos aside, mm-hmm. which I think may be the most difficult part of it. Mm-hmm. Is you know Matthews kind of has a market cornered on NAS with equipment to an extent because you have to use what you have to use yeah these other events not so much but but as with sponsor dollars and marketing dollars yeah being able to put something together where everybody's behind it um and and matthews doesn't care that they're matthews and hoyt doesn't care that they're hoyt and you know pse doesn't care that they're pse and this is what we're going to do to push archery to get all those heads together Mm -hmm. and somebody not trying to bump the other one out of the way. Yeah, not somebody big dick, somebody else. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I, that, I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges of the cohesiveness of yeah. archery yeah. to say, no, we're, we're doing this for the right reasons because we want to see more archery. And whether you get the bow sale or you get the bow sale is irrelevant today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. All right, dude. Great to see you, buddy. Thank you so much. Well, now, sorry, you have gonna, to go to work now. Yeah, they're going to go turn, you know, probably – what 30,000 people loose on us to, to chase us down the aisle here in yeah. a second yeah <laughs> alright dude peace you. see you Caleb.